Hello and welcome back to I Hear You and episode nine. In this episode, we talk about school and teaching and what it's like to be virtual and also Caroline's transition to this hybrid mode that many of you may be soon to experience or experiencing already. It can be a very stressful time for teachers, but Caroline gives some wonderful tips on how she approaches her students and her class and herself in order to show up as the best teacher and person she can every day. So welcome to this episode and welcome to the podcast. Why don't white people talk about race? What is it like to be part of the Catholic church and the gay community at the same time? These are the conversations that a lot of us are afraid to have. I'm Katie Mullen, and I graduated from Creighton University five years ago, where I not only learned about exercise science, but social justice, how to speak up for what I believe in, and how to engage in difficult conversations with people who disagreed with me politically. I naively and falsely assumed that's what it was like to be an adult in the real world having real, important conversations. Quickly after graduation, the words I was saying and the conversations I wanted to have were falling on deaf ears. So what did I do? I stopped talking. And soon, I turned a blind eye and my own ears became deafened to social injustice. I've realized through social activists and movements like Black Lives Matter, Me Too, and the Women's March, I was wrong to do so. So I've enlisted the help of my good friend and fellow Creighton alum, Caroline Cacabellos, to reopen up some difficult conversations that we need to have in order to help us grow. We welcome you into these conversations to hopefully inspire you to do the same in your own life. So no more turning a blind eye, no more refusing to speak up, no more deaf ears. I hear you and welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to I Hear You And. I am here with Caroline Cacabellos. Hey, hey, hey. I'm here with Katie Mullen. How are you, Caroline? Doing well, doing well. Good. So I think we should just dive right into our, I bet you didn't know because I'm really excited to tell you this one. Okay, go for it. (laughs) I'm nervous. So I, gosh, this is kind of a long story. APTA puts out a magazine every so often. I don't know what the the regularity is, but I was reading December's issue and it had two articles on discussing race. And the first one talked about how racism is an issue that we as PTs need to talk about. And it not only exists, but we are not a very diverse profession and things like that. It also talked about sexism as well. And then there was a response to that article. And it was more about how there's plenty of diversity in our field and women make up the majority of the profession and things like that. And this man has worked very hard to start his own business and things like that. So normally I would have just read these articles and thought to each their own, they can have their own little opinion. (laughs) But instead I just said to myself, nope, you do not get to just sit around and be silent. So I wrote a response to the response and submitted it. And I am going to be published on Monday. Oh my gosh. Online. And then hopefully in their March issue as well. So I'm very excited about that. 
But even further than that, initially in my article, I used the term Latinx. And then you taught me that that is a term that's offensive to some. And so when I got the revisions back today, I went, oh my gosh, it still says Latinx. So I wrote back to the, to the guy and I said, it looks great, except just if we could make this one change, can we either write Latin A or Latino Latina written out every time I accidentally use Latinx because I was unaware of this before. So I just wanted to thank you wow. because I am so glad that you told me that and that that increased my awareness quite a bit. So thank Amazing. you. Amazing. That's so cool. So proud. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I would like a copy. Once yeah, I will send you. So it's going to come out online as a perspective piece. Great. And then they also said they're planning on publishing it in the March issue. Also, shout out to APTA for continuing this conversation because I really thought I was going to write this response and they were going to very politely write back and say, we've already talked about that, but thank you. And (laughs) (laughs) that is not a topic you can just check the box on. So good for the APTA to say, we're going to keep talking about this. I love that. So, so proud to be a PT in that moment. Continuing the conversation. I love it. Lucky you, Katie Mullen. Changing the world. <laughs> APTA article at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I bet you didn't know our school is going into a hybrid learning model starting Ooh. Monday. The Interesting. Campus. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. And I'm so fascinated by that. And I think I'm going to use that as the segue into this is going to be our 20 minute topic. <laughs> but I'm just going to set my alarm right now. Get out there. <laughs> Okay, so for this 20-minute topic, we are talking about teaching. Caroline has been a teacher now for, this is your second year teaching? Third, technically, I guess? I guess. Well, full-time, this is my, yeah, my second year teaching. But I don't know. I don't really count last year as a full school year. Because it went into online learning. Yeah. Due to COVID. So, yeah, Yeah. I want to talk about, let's first, okay, let's. Gosh, so many things. I also just started teaching at UNLV just like one credit class and it's all virtual. So I don't really know any different, mm-hmm. but let's first talk about the, the virtual learning. What things are a major challenge for you as a teacher, virtual learning? I, and I, I think this is for any teacher who, you know, chooses this profession every day. I think it's really just the inability to connect with students in person. Like there's a huge, huge disconnect. And I think more so than anybody thought there would be. And that's not to say that teaching online isn't feasible, but I think teachers have been equipped to like feed off of those connections that are created in person. I know that last year in the six months that I was teaching in person versus now like teaching online, There's a huge difference in it. I think that ability to go back and forth with a student in person while everybody else can still have side conversations and like those small instances go so far. And even like out of classrooms, like when students just come into my office just to like chat it up, maybe it's not about whatever we're learning and it's just about life. Like those are where those relationships build so much. And so to not have that is oh gosh, it's like, I'm like starving for it almost. Yeah. That connection, connection with students 
is definitely sounding like it's your biggest challenge. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So I'm curious, kind of transitioning that, if you could put yourself in the student mindset, what your students compared to how I feel my students who I don't know that well yet are kind of feeling. So do you feel like your students are missing that connection and they're wanting to come back in? Or are they now kind of getting into the routine of I get to stay at home and I'm, I'm logging in and I don't really need to be as active if I'm tired or things like that. I'm kind of just here. I can get a snack whenever I want to, you know, those things. Are they, are they kind of into that routine or are they really missing being in class? Do you think? I would say both. Like, I, I think they're missing being in person to see their friends and to just be in that like normal high school routine. Mm -hmm. But I think that last year in March, learning online was completely different from what we're doing right now. Cause like last year around March, April, May, like it was total lockdown. Like people couldn't go anywhere, but now we're in this like era of, of COVID where you can leave your house and you can socialize with people as long as it's safe and socially mm-hmm. distant and you're socially distant. So like students are somewhat getting that type of connection, but I think they're like missing being in school away from home, away from maybe parents and getting different interactions with people that they don't see usually regularly. Yeah. I I'm curious if that's partly because of their age, because I, I actually think it's a good thing that they're missing that. Basically, I recently have been taking this online course through Coursera. It's the Yale Science of Wellbeing course. So oh. if anybody listens to the Happiness Lab podcast, that is the professor. I love that podcast. That is the professor who does that class. And I think she created that class and teaches that class. And so Dr. Lori Santos is teaching this course on the science of well-being. And she talks about how one of the things we think they, she talks about this study where they, they look at people's behavior on trains in Chicago. So they tell one group of people to go have a conversation with strangers and they tell another group of people to not talk to strangers. And then the other group of people gets to do what they normally do. So they found that the people who talked to strangers were happier. They had a better experience on the train than the people who didn't talk. The more interesting thing I think is that they then asked people, which you think you would prefer. Are you going to be happier if you don't talk? Are you happier if you do talk? And most people think they're going to be happier if they don't talk. And so it's this idea that our brain is kind of tricking us to think that isolation is actually what we're enjoying But what we really thrive on and what really makes us happier is social connection and being with people. And I found it so interesting. First of all, I'm such an introvert that I was like, false. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that that is true. And I, I intentionally talked to the woman behind me in line when I was getting my COVID vaccine for that reason. And it was an enjoyable experience, like standing in line. I did not mind at all. And so, and you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. She saved my spot in line because we were best friends by the end of it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the other thing after I learned that about that course, 
I've decided I'm doing my virtual teaching synchronously. So I could either record it asynchronously and just have them watch it. And then we'd come to like 10 minutes of class just for a discussion, or I can do synchronous. We're together for the whole 50 minutes. So I've decided to do it synchronously mostly because I only have a one credit class. It's it's 50 minutes. Like I can make that happen, but I did have some students write to me and say, Oh, you know, you you didn't put up your video for the week. And I said, Oh, we're going to meet together in class, you know? And they kind of responded just so, you know, most of our professors post a video and then we discuss it, which is totally fine and fair. But I'm starting to realize, I think where that's coming from is they like to just get through the lecture. Yeah. And then they're only there for 10 minutes of class as a former PT student. I totally get that. That sounds like a dream, Yeah. but in reality, it's not probably making them happier, even though they think, Oh, I'm in this nice, isolated, do my own thing zone. It's really probably better in a way. And not to discredit the, any of the other professors that are doing it asynchronously, they have a way more classes and B whatever works like that's fine. But I, I intentionally am doing synchronously because I do think it boosts happiness as well. So I'm glad that the high school students seem to not want to continue the virtual learning because I think that shows that they're still in the mindset of like being social. We like sociability. And I just, it also makes me wonder when that changes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess we wouldn't have known for it to change if we weren't in this right. Like era, I guess of COVID, but Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's interesting to think about. Right. I thought about if I was an undergrad when COVID hit, I would have been not thrilled because of COVID, but thrilled that I got to stay home and still do college because I love being home. But in reality, would that have made me happier? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I think about like, if I was a second semester senior in college and COVID hit, I think I would be like super, super sad, but if I was a freshman, Oh yeah, exactly. Senior or a second semester, like I would have been like deuces. Goodbye for that. Yeah. Going (laughs) home, not coming back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it is, it is interesting. And I think that's a different kind of like social component things like being with family and things like that. But yeah, it's, I, like you said, I would assume a lot of teachers are struggling with not being able to connect with students because it is different face-to-face versus over a screen. Yeah. Even for myself, I was telling Bryce that it's It makes me less nervous to be on the screen and just talk through my PowerPoint slides because I don't have to make eye contact. Mm, That's super interesting. Yeah. I wonder too, if you think it's going to, so you're going to this hybrid hybrid system starting yep. Monday. So what is that going to look like for yeah. you? Yeah. So hi, our hybrid learning plan is 50% students will be on campus and then 50% of students will be online. It's sort of broken up. So we have an A, B block schedule. Okay. So um, one full rotation of classes will be A day and B day. So what we're doing is we've invited students, like anybody, like if you want to take classes in in person, register here. And so about half of our students uh, registered and said, yes, we want to take classes online or in person. And so we take half of those students. So we have about 800 students. So we take those 400 students who said, yes, I want to be in person. And we've split them up. So the first half of the alphabet of those 400 students is 
each day we'll have about 200 students in and then the first half of the alphabet will be here Monday, Tuesday, and then the second half of the alphabet will be here on Thursday and Friday. Interesting. So as a teacher, what's your stress level like for having to teach students in person and online at the same time? So I, I sort of have like a dual role at the school that I work at. So I, I'm both a leadership teacher and an activities coordinator. I think I'm more stressed about the activities side of things than I am about teaching, mainly because like it, uh, the curriculum that I teach, I don't really have a curriculum. Like it's super, super flexible. Like I used a curriculum last year that was sort of given to me. We had paid for it. And I was like, all right, this is fine. But it, I feel like this would be more applicable for like seventh and eighth graders in middle school. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like I was forcing it and it didn't feel very authentic to who I was, but I knew that I wanted to teach leadership. But then of course we go into this virtual learning thing and I'm like, well, I can't do what I actually want to do in class. So let me like rethink what I'm going to do for this semester, which basically was like, let's create a list of essential characteristics of leadership, servant leadership. And then we'll dissect each one of those characteristics. And so I had like ended up putting them into groups and then they did presentations and it was fine. Awesome. But now that I'm looking forward, I'm looking to this hybrid semester, I am sort of scrambling for a usable curriculum. Like what is a curriculum that I can use for both students in person and online? And also using my leadership class to my advantage as an activities coordinator but knowing that some activities are not going to be able to be done in a way that like, if we were in person, this is how they would go. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, there's like a duality to it. Like I'm stressed to answer. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that you're not alone, whether you're teaching virtual hybrid or in person. I think that's a definitely a general theme of teachers this year. And my heart goes out to all the teachers this year, but transitioning to this hybrid to me sounds incredibly difficult, especially like you said, you're so in Bryce, Bryce's company works in live events. That's kind of like your division of high school, your yeah. live events. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that's been really of, hard I'm part of high school. Yeah. Really hard with COVID, but yeah. How do you devise a plan for people sitting in the room and for people at home over the screen oh. and to get the same amount out of it? Yeah is I think, really challenging. Yeah. I think at, at the end of the day, I know that what I prioritized in the first semester was like, do what you need to do. So that was for both myself and for students. If a student, I had a first period and if a student showed up, like they had just fallen asleep and I had sent them out into like breakout rooms or it was the end of class and their camera was still on, but I can see them and like they were sleeping. And then they emailed me afterwards and they're like, I'm so sorry, Missy. Like I missed class. I fell asleep. Can I meet you in office hours? And I was like, no, like, I'm so glad that you slept through that class. Like your body clearly needed it. Like, don't be sorry at all. Do what you need to do. Here are like some of the slides. Here's what you miss. Or just check online on our Canvas or on our class page. And if you're confused about anything, let me know and I'll help you out. But it was very much like, I was very graceful with myself and with students. And I think both helped each other in the long run. Like I think mm-hmm. being graceful from towards myself was helpful for students and then being graceful for students was helpful for myself. 
That's wonderful. I think that's really, really great advice. I don't know about in Washington, but in Nevada, not all students even have to log on because not all students can, right? And so even though your students logged on and they're in their pajamas, it's like, they're the ones that showed up though. Like they're they're there. I would literally say like, you're here and that's awesome. Like, thank you for being here. Yeah. Very good. I, I really like that philosophy and that's, that's just good food for thought for, for teaching and just for everyone when you're at the grocery store and you know, someone's doing something frustrating in front of you in line or whatever. It's like, this is a great time, a great season for grace for everybody. And that that's really good. I think what, what also helped was I, this has always stuck with me ever since I read it, but Brene Brown, I, I forget what the context of it was, but it was this phrase that like really, really stuck with me. And it's people are doing the best they can with what they have mm. and using that, using that mindset to help you like be graceful towards other people. Even if that person is like a total a-hole to you and you're like, this person is doing the best they can with what they have. I need to be graceful. Love. But also like you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that thought. You can have that thought. You just don't yes. have to act on it. Yeah. 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 So we only have like three minutes left, but you, you started this section talking about you, you said this phrase. I don't even know if you caught that you said it. Everybody who shows up to teach every day or who chooses oh. to show up to teach every day. And what is it for you? Like, why do you show up to teach every day? And also bonus question, what is it that like, if you're having a hard day, like you connect with that, this is why I do it. Mm. Why? So I, I think first and foremost, like connection is, is like my passion, right? Like it's what drives me every day. And so I know that last year, uh, just simply being able to connect with students and like seeing the small bits of reward from doing so was like immensely life-giving for me. And maybe that's not the same for other people, but it was for me. And maybe that will change like 10 years from now, but right now, like it's what really, really sustains me. And it like puts a massive smile on my face and it just brings me joy to like no end to just hear from a student and say that I like what you said really stuck with me. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. That's all I asked for. Like, are you listening? Awesome. That's all I asked for. <laughs> I think that's why, that's why I choose this profession every day. And then the second question at the end of a hard day, right? I don't know. Like I I've experienced like a lot of t- like really stressful draining times, especially last year. And then even, even this past, like this past or the current school year right now, a lot of it, like, I just need to disconnect with different things that are not like life-giving for me. Mm. So recently I deactivated my Instagram account and that's been really, really nice. And instead of like going on my phone and scrolling through Instagram, I'm like picking up a book and I'm diving into other people's stories which I really, really love because it's giving me all these different perspectives and outlooks in life and maybe different ways to approach different things. I love that. It's a really healthy way to, to re-motivate. Very good. Trying to be more healthy. 
That is our 20 minutes. Nice. Any tips that you have for teachers or maybe just like, I mean, I loved what you said about everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. And that is a great mantra, I think for 2021 for everybody, but probably especially teachers include yourself in that. Remember to include yourself in that if you're a teacher, but any other tips, advice for teachers out there who are listening or students out there who are listening? Yeah, the, my uh, helpful tips, I think I said already, right? Like um, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have and do what you got to do, right? And it's not the end of the world. Like I, I always thought like, oh, if I don't do this today, like I, or this mindset of like, I need to do this today. But in actuality, I don't. And if I don't do this today, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people are probably writing on it or like expecting it, but I'm doing the best with, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I have little capacity, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is wonderful. I think that's such great advice. And I hope that a lot of listeners take that to heart. And I always tell my students, drink lots of water and get lots of rest. Love it. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have anything that you would like to share, please email us at IHearYouAnd at gmail.com. And until next time, I hear you and thank you for listening. Did you like this episode? Uh, duh. <laughs> well then, please take a screenshot and post it to Instagram and tag at happinessisblue and at cvcacabellos. Also remember to subscribe to our podcast and rate and review so other people can find us as well. As always, share it with your friends. If you have questions for us or topic suggestions, please email us at IHearYouAnd at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hear you and I'm glad you're hearing us too.